The, the, the breakdown. The breakdown. Hey everybody, Sean King here, and what you are about to hear is the Momentum Advisor Show from Allen and Tiffany, where you will learn all about financial empowerment, financial decisions. You're going to learn all about financial freedom, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Yo. We're back. Yes, we are. We're just going to keep coming back. I think that's the plan. The plan is for us just to continue to keep coming back as long as the North Star will have us and you guys keep listening. There's a lot of podcasters who are giving you content and then taking it away. Not us. Who's doing that? Now, a lot of people are inconsistent. They're all excited about doing a podcast. They put out a couple episodes and they stop. That's not us. We're going to keep with it. I don't know those podcasters. Podcasters that I know are pretty consistent. I will tell you, one of my best friends has a podcast. Not that I'm necessarily advertising, um, but one of my best friends has a podcast. And when he started it, I mean, like, he's been extremely dedicated. Like, he's hundreds of shows in. It's a really great podcast. It's called The Hood Loves Me. Um, He talks about all current topics from his perspective and perspectives of of his friends. Um, But... I, I've always been blown away by how consistent he has been with that podcast. Since the moment. He, I think he's one of the first podcasters that I knew personally. I think a lot of people get into things and don't understand why they're getting into it. Like yeah. I have a friend who started a podcast and, you know, it's not been as much of a focus because I think what he expected was dollars, fame. dollars to rush in. Fame, you know, everybody's buzzing and talking Sprite about it. Sprite and Hennessy are going to be calling, trying to be advertisers. Sprite and Hennessy. Yes. <laughs> Not at the same time. <laughs> That's a good, probably a good drink. Yeah. But this is one of those things, like, we do this for the love. Like, we're doing this so that we can get information out there. Yeah. Like, we're not doing this to get famous. We're doing this to help. But I don't knock the people who are doing it to get famous. Like, do your thing. Just, yeah. I think what we're saying is... Shout out to those who have been consistent, and that's our goal, to remain consistent and accountable to you guys every single week. And shout out to Women's History Month. Okay. It's March. Ladies. Yes. Okay. You know what I think about as soon as you said that? I thought about uh, Ladies Night, the video with Lil' Kim, Missy, Angie Martinez. Uh, Yes. I watched that video recently. Mary was really getting it in on that stage. It was a lot of men around. And I was just thinking to myself... I was a lot younger at that time. I wasn't. I really wasn't old enough to be watching that video. But I was thinking, like, they look like they were having a good time. And Angie Martinez had the worst verse out of everybody. Um, as expected. I yeah. mean, that's not really her role. That's but not her lane. I, I like Angie Martinez. She's, who who she's doesn't? Good people. Who doesn't? So this week. Yes. Uh, what are we talking about? Controversial topic today. It's not controversial. I mean, maybe most of our topics are controversial. An LLC is not a business. Mm, shade. What? The shade. Of what do it you all. mean it's not a business? Of course it's a business. Because let Instagram tell it all you got to do is get your teenage child and give them an LLC, and now they have a now they have a business. They're an entrepreneur, and they'll automatically be successful. Yeah, or so- or they're automatically have credit. Yeah, that's another. That's thing. That's the one. Get get them an LLC, and now and now they got credit. Yo, I don't know who writes these memes, but there's horrible advice going out on Instagram and on Facebook about how to start a business about how to create business credit. Can I just throw some shade for a minute? Can I have a, a shade moment? Let me just, just say second? this really quickly to our listeners who love us and know that all things come from our heart. I think this is going to be a shady episode just mm. kind of all the way through. It, it's quite, it will be, you won't need sunglasses. The shade will be provided. This episode sponsored by Shadows. Who is Shadows? <laughs> the Shadows. The shat like. Everybody's Shadow. It's, it's so shady. It's sponsored by Shadows. All right. Okay. So the shade that I'm throwing is on business credit. There is no such thing as business credit that's not attached to your personal credit. (laughs) That's what I'm getting at. You mean to tell me that if I open the business, it won't have its own credit and nowhere, anywhere will my name be attached to it or my own personal credit? No. Yeah. Yo, we own a lot of businesses every single time and our businesses have been around for years. Yeah. Every time we go out for a business loan, guess what they want us to do? Right. Run our personal credit. credit. Sign on the dotted line. Personal guarantee. I will tell you, when we first started opening businesses, 
I really was waiting for that uh, business credit. I kept thinking to myself, like, I can't wait till they stop asking me for my credit. Can't wait till they stop running my personal credit. When do we start using the the, the business credit score? Yeah. Um, it never happened. I will tell you, when we run our credit, the business stuff doesn't show up on our personal credit. That's good. But it's not that I could have 500 credit, but my business has 800 credit and now I'm getting a business loan. But either way, I digress. That's not the topic of the show today. Today's show is LLCs are not a business. Yeah, so there are just so many people, as Alan mentioned, even on social media, there's just so much misinformation out there when it comes to how to become an entrepreneur, how to start a business. And for some reason, it is widely believed that it is truly as simple as signing up for an LLC. Yeah. It's not. Like that That does not make you a business owner. That does not make you an entrepreneur. That does not make your child, um, again, a, a business owner either. Like, Y'all just have some paperwork. Y'all, y'all just filled out some paperwork. Yeah. And you're probably going to mess up your business name if that's all you did was sell, if that's all you did was fill out paperwork and yeah. you haven't done anything else. Right. Because at some point, someone's going to be looking for you to file uh, some information around this LLC. And when you don't, it'll be forfeited. You'll still be walking around talking about, I, I own, got an LLC. I got an LLC that's been forfeited to the state years ago because you haven't actually done anything with it. And it's been pretty meaningless. Yeah. The, the backstory for this one was talking to a friend recently and I, you know, great person, sweet person. And she's talking to me about her financial future. And okay. she's like, Hey, I've got an LLC. Okay. I've got an LLC. All right. And look, I'm proud of you for having an LLC, but tell me about the business. Oh no, but I got this LLC. I'm trying to figure out, should the LLC do this or should the LLC? I love that. I love it's when, what should the LLC do these things? LLC ain't about to do anything. Right. An LLC is not a business. Yeah. A business is a business. And so what we want to talk about today is actually how to start a business. Like ones that make money. That's the purpose of a business. I don't know if everybody knows that. Like now here's my shade. I don't know if everybody recognizes, y'all, please forgive me. I love everybody with all my heart. Please know that I care about all our listeners. If this applies, just embrace it with love. There are so many people who are business owners, but have never made any money. Lord. And I, I, I'm always perplexed. My heart is weeping right now. Now, when you start a business, yes, you do not automatically make money on the first day in a lot of cases, but at some point you do make some money. There are a lot of people walking around here. I'm an entrepreneur. You know, I, I, I'm a business owner with NAD client product <laughs> service. They haven't made one single transaction. If you have not made a transaction, I, I'm sorry, you don't quite own a business just yet. This but what is, if you have a, a bomb website or, or, or some good business good cards? Good business cards. The May, thick paper. What if you cards. even got your logo on a shirt? Mm. Okay. It's not a business, yo. Yeah, you're just, you might have created a, a, a corporate gang. I don't know. Like you, you, you guys are a group. You might, might be a singing group. I don't know. But you actually have to transact. Yeah. In some capacity. And this is why back in the day when people opened the business, the first thing they did is the first dollar that they made, mm. they framed it wow. and hung it in the store. Wow. Therefore, to say we have transacted mm. and we are actually a business. Yeah, that's crazy. We've never hung the dollar no. in our store. We spend it. We spend it. We should have. We should have done that. That would have been sweet. Our first transactions were probably credit cards though yeah, I was and all of our like, businesses. We don't, it's, we're not using cash as much i think we need to randomly get a dollar just and grab put a it, dollar put it in a frame okay but, but we have transacted so for sure that's what matters since we're throwing shade this can't be a, a whole shady we're not shady people no we're not now this is all out of love this is this is uh you know we just want to stop the nonsense love the nonsense has been flowing and i think alan and i we always keep quiet we just let people think what they want to think. We let them say what they want to say. They Everybody else has the answers all the time. And we just shut up. We don't know nothing. Yeah. Um, but we do actually know a lot. We've actually done these things. We have we a lot do, of businesses. We have a lot of businesses. They make money. Um, we have a lot of insight. And we don't want to burst anybody's bubble. But we just want to make sure you have the proper information. So here's the shade I want to throw on entrepreneurs generally. Like, why have we accepted that there's a struggle story attached to every entrepreneur? Like, you can't make money. Like it's a badge of honor that I was broke, that I was, you know, doing real bad as an entrepreneur that I'm, you know, look, I I don't have a job anymore. I'm an entrepreneur. Like, oh, let me, 
you know, let me buy you lunch because you clearly can't afford to pay for yourself anymore now that you're an entrepreneur. Like, it doesn't mean you've got to struggle because you're a business owner. Yeah, I think I think that comes from like entrepreneurship is hard. Like, there's no question about it on all fronts. Entrepreneurship is hard, especially if you are a first time entrepreneur. There's a lot that you have to figure out. There's a lot of bumps and bruises along the way just to make the right decisions. And so I think it speaks to that. Like, I don't think it speaks to the struggle Olympics. I think it speaks to more of this was hard. And I want people to know that like this wasn't easy for me, but I triumphed anyway and I succeeded and I made it. But it doesn't need to be that you're broke for the rest of your life behind being an entrepreneur. Oh, I got That's you. all I'm getting at. So for like like at people, some point, you got to make some money. For the people who've been entrepreneurs for the last 10 years and every time you talk to them, it's like, you know, I'm just... I'm an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm, I ain't got it, bro. You know, I work for myself. I ain't got it, bro. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. Like emphasis on the poor, entrepreneur. No, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. That's all I'm saying is at that at some point it's supposed to work out, and it can work out. But yeah. I think part of it is your mentality. We, we've got to embrace the notion that entrepreneurship can actually help your finances get better. Yeah. At, like I, I look at you, Tiffany, as a person who entrepreneurship literally saved your life for sure. And it can do that for a lot of people. If we can really focus on how to make money as business owners and not just go out here and create LLCs. So some of the mistakes that we see when people start businesses, the first thing that we see people make a mistake on is just spending money up front. Yeah. That's, I think that's what people are super excited about, right? Like I got to find an office space. I got to find an assistant. Um, I definitely need a bomb website. Mm. Oh, I need an app. I need an app. Um, I need the best business cards and I definitely need to put my logo on some shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Other For things, what? Yeah. For what? Like no one's going to buy those things. Like now, unless you are, um, you know, a practicing physician, then yes, you need an office. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you need some place for your customers to meet you at. Yeah. But, you know, outside of the realm of that, maybe you're a dentist, you know, but outside of that, if you're out here, you know, again, uh, selling a service, maybe you're an accountant. I, I hate to tell you this, you don't necessarily need an office. You might, for that first year, mm-hmm. uh, go to their home, meet with them at a local coffee shop. Like you're selling a service, right? And you will build up the experience as you transact and make money. But these things are not the priority. Yeah. Often you hear this this notion that, well, you got to spend money to make money. Not all the time. Yeah, not true. I, I find that the entrepreneurial endeavors that I've gone into that have gone the best required very little money. Yeah. And in fact, if I had some money, I probably would have blown it. You probably would have put your logo on some shirt. Probably, probably. Like I started Momentum literally in my mom's basement, my parents' basement. And I had no office. I had no website, but I figured it out. And eventually, you know, look at it today. Like we, we, we've got $280 million. We, we manage money for 200 plus families, but it did not start with an office and spending a lot of money. And I started my first six figure business with $25 that I had to borrow. I had to borrow. I didn't even have $25. I had to borrow $25 to be able to start my first business that within nine months made me six figures. I love it. I love it. The next mistake we see people make is stressing over the business name. Because that's what's most important. Like that's the most important thing. That right there. If the name ain't right, they ain't coming. Yeah. You know what I mean? But think about all these brands out here. Think about these billion dollar brands out here like Kentucky Fried Chicken. (laughs) And like how original was that? Like I'm in Kentucky uh, and I fried this chicken. You know what I mean? Like I think people get very, very caught up. And honestly, I think it's just like. People getting caught up. I think it's a little bit of ego. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also just like not actually wanting to get started. Like, ah, I got to sleep on it. I need, oh, I'll do a focus group and we'll work Lord. on work focus on coming group. up with a name. I'm going to ask everybody I know to say, hey, mm. just so you know, I'm about to start a business. You got any ideas for a name? You know what I mean? Mm. No one cares. Like yeah. no one, you can literally name a thing, anything. It is very rare. What like Chipotle? Right. Like people weren't like, you know what? That's the name. I like that name. I'm going to eat at Chipotle. Five guys. <laughs> Shake Shack. First of all, that sounds like a strip club. No <laughs> one's thinking burgers and fries. Like, I never thought that before uh, until I've now. I always thought. Shake. Now, every time I'm going to think about that. I'm not thinking if I, someone's Shack? like, I'm about to take you to Shake Shack. Oh, shucks. 
we gonna be shaking. Somebody's <laughs> gonna be shaking something. I, if I come out with milkshake and fries, like I'm a little bit disappointed. No, when are we gonna go to the Shake Shack? Right, exactly. <laughs> now that you got your burger, take me to the Shake Shack. And so all I'm saying is like, at, to your point, like you guys just get out here and just get caught up in this name and I can't start the business till I have the perfect name. You, you be all right. Yeah. The next mistake we see people make is thinking that they need funding. Oh, God. This one, the angel investor. I got to find an angel investor. Funding, if you put obstacles in front of yourself that you can't start your business until funding comes in. But this is the one that wears me out. Like, this is the one that really makes me want to put my foot in people's chest. Like, I need an angel investor. I got to get a business loan. Lord. I got to take on investors. Mm. In some very rare cases, that's true, right? In some very rare cases, you do need those things up front. In most cases, that's not true. Yeah. In most cases, yes, you need money. And that just means you need to transact. Again, you need to, you need customers, you need clients. Like you can fund the things that you need to do with sales. Like you don't need an angel investor. You don't need, again, and please be clear, like investors are very expensive. Mm -hmm. Y'all think it's free money. You think like, you know, it's not. Banks are very expensive and investors are even more expensive. Trust us as people who have had to buy out our investment partners Mm. um, and have had to pay multiples for what they put in um, and for the headache that they caused. So like you, you don't need an investor, like don't inflate this thing Think about how much money you actually need to make the first transaction. That's it. That's the first step that you have to make. Now, we're not saying that things don't have to change and grow over time, but they change and grow as you make more money. Fund your business with revenue, with sales, to Tiffany's point, with transactions. Like if you want to start a restaurant, go sell some dinners. If you want to start an accounting business, go do some taxes from your bedroom. Yeah. Like you've got to get started somewhere and revenue is not expensive. Yeah. I think about- Sales is not expensive as a way of funding your business. Yeah. One thing that I think about, and I I mention this industry all the time because I just have a lot of respect for it, hairdressers. Mm -hmm. Hairdressers oftentimes are doing hair outside their home. Then they make enough money to pay somebody some booth rent, right? You rent your chair at somebody else's salon. And then you make enough money to have your own salon, right? You don't, from the moment you graduate from cosmetology school, you know, right after your first uh, hot press, are like, I need investors now. Get me angel investors now. Like, no, you work your way up to that place. Same thing as you mentioned with an accountant. Like, you don't automatically need to be sitting in an empty office mm-hmm. hoping the clients will come. If Paying rent. Right. Paying rent, hoping that the clients will come. No, you get clients and you make enough money and grow enough demand for you to actually need your own space. Like, that's just how it works, and that is how it should work. The next item on the list, again, mistakes we see people make, the business plan. Oh, I got to write my business plan. I'm almost done with, I'm almost done with my business plan. Or you've hired somebody to write uh, a business plan, and I will say that as a person who, throughout college, that was my hustle. I made money hand over fist by convincing people that they needed business plans and they should pay me thousands of dollars to write them. Did they start the businesses after the plan was written? No. <laughs> they didn't. But they had a good ass plan. But they had a, a great <laughs> business plan. And I was, I mean, I no, you listen, just being honest, I was the one saying, like, you absolutely need a business plan. That's a great idea. In which if you had a business plan, you could pitch and sell that thing all over the place. <laughs> and I was getting paid ridiculously to create these business plans. For things that never really happened, or if they happen, the business plan had no impact. Lord. No impact whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. So I think for this one, I think there are a lot of people like, nah, y'all wobbling. Like, you definitely need a business plan. Hear us out, yeah. right? Like, these, you need a business plan when you are applying for a business loan mm-hmm. from a bank. Correct. Or, yes, when you are considering approaching investors. Correct. Or if you're trying to rally a team and you need to make sure everybody's on the same page, it's great to have a, a guiding document. That's it. Yeah. Under no other circumstances do you need a business plan. Is anybody checking for a business plan? So if you're a one-man show, right, like on mm-hmm. day one, you're a one-man show, and you are, again, going to start offering any type of service or product, nobody 
needs to see your business plan because you don't report to anybody. Like, having this business plan in your back pocket isn't going to get you customers. You don't share your business plan with your customers or with your clients, right? Like, I think, again, this is an opportunity for people to create an obstacle for themselves or for them, like you mentioned, to add to their struggle story. Like, it took me three, you know, eight months (laughs) to work on my business plan before I can get started. Now, bro, you just could have got started. Yeah, that's a fact. So what's crazy is this bad news is out there and it's prevalent. Like the SBA is the small business administration. Like this is supposed to be the government's resource to help aspiring entrepreneurs know how to start a business. They have a list of all the things you're supposed to do to start a business. And it's, it starts the same way as these mistakes. Number one, conduct market research. Number two, write a business plan. Number three, fund your business. Again, these are all things that we don't think you need to do. So why don't we go to break and we'll come back and we'll tell you how to do it our way. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. Hi, this is Donnie Rose, Chief Content Editor here at The North Star, encouraging you to check out thenorthstar.com every day for insightful, engaging commentary on the stories that impact our culture. The writers at The North Star make it our mission to advocate, mobilize, agitate, and disrupt in the name of creating liberation-centered content. We unapologetically center the narratives of Black, Brown, and Indigenous people. We understand that you can get news from anywhere, so we are more interested in offering perspective that speaks to the experiences of our audience. We write freely and with freedom on our minds. We invite you to indulge in our daily editorials and engage in the dialogue that will change the world. So we are back. And we're just having the conversation with you that having an LLC does not mean you have a business. And we are talking about very common mistakes that we oftentimes hear that are literally being spread through social media. People are repeating on a daily basis that are absolutely incorrect when it comes to what it takes to start a business. And we're going to put you on game to what it actually takes to start a business and a business that actually makes money because that's the purpose of a business Because if not, it's a hobby or a nonprofit. And those things are great also. But you definitely don't need an LLC for hobby. Absolutely. Before the break, we were talking about the SBA.gov. They have a list of all the steps, the 10 steps you need to go into to start a business. And for us as successful entrepreneurs who've owned several businesses and continue to own several businesses, we think their list is kind of trash. I hate to say it. So their first six items are conduct market research write a business plan, fund your business, pick your business location, choose a business structure, whether it be an LLC or an S-Corp or a C-Corp, and then choose a business name. And I'm sorry, Mr. SBA or Mrs. SBA, at what point are you going to make some money? Like all of these things are expenses. They all take time. And none of these things help you to make money. Yeah, I agree. So what is our way? What's the thing that we do when we're starting a business? The first thing that we do is identify a need. That's like the most important thing, right? I think that's the fun part, right? Like, isn't that the ideation part? That's where people are like, I got a great idea. Or, you know what? I'm really good at something. Like, that's where the hope lives. Like, that's where the excitement lives. It is identifying a need, identifying your skill, identifying your product or your service. I also like when this need is something that's attainable. Like I have a friend who I used to work with and this guy had this 200 page business plan for this business that he wanted to start. And he's going around to all of these people asking if they want to invest. Tiffany, the man had a business plan for a nuclear power plant. Like, and it it was going to cost $150 million to get it started. And he was dead serious that this is what he wanted to do. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I think that's a, a little bit more niche. Like, I, I don't think you're going around. First of all, nobody's looking at a 200-page <laughs> business plan. And I will tell you that right now. Like, even the most complex things, no one's looking at a 200-page business plan. 
Um, and then for this nuclear, it's a, a nuclear yeah, He's plant. like, you know, in the Northeast, we don't have nuclear power. We got this and I that. think you probably need to talk to a politician. <laughs> I think you need a, a lobby, a lobbyist or something like that. I don't think that's the business plan part. I think, again, like you mentioned, it's identifying the need. And I also think, I think the most money is spent in the wants. Like people damn sure don't do the things that they need to do. Like, but they're very quick to do the things that they want to do. They will spend money on a product that they want. They will spend money on a service that they want. There's no shade here in what I'm about to say. No, no shade. Please know that. I'm in support of it, ladies, however you want to do it. But ladies will spend <laughs> hundreds of dollars on these individual lashes. Eyelashes. Right. <laughs> and men have said in a number of different ways that they hate these damn lashes. <laughs> But it has not stopped any woman from wanting them and getting them. You don't need them. Your lashes are fine. They're probably, your natural lashes are probably worse off now than they were before you got started with this process. Wow. But you want them regardless of what everybody around you says about them. Uh, you're going to get your lashes. Like Again, I think like, when it comes to wants, people will go ahead and do whatever they need to do to get <laughs> The ones. Now, if you really do have like a lash deficiency, <laughs> you probably need a prescription, right? Like you probably need to go to your dermatologist and have that conversation, but you're not going to do that because you probably don't have health insurance. And so what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to just get these individual mink lashes applied. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times... <laughs> The need or the want, it's like simple. Basic. It's like right there. Like, Tiffany, how often are you and I talking about little businesses that we could start? Yeah. Like just last night, like just recently, we met a restaurant owner who was like, man, I wish I had a dry cleaner that could come in and clean my linens and bring them back to me. Literally. Because I'm paying $1,000 a week for to have renting. my linens yeah. dropped off. Yeah. Seriously. A lot of times the business opportunity is right there. You've just got to pay attention. The next thing that you have to do if you're planning to start a business. So we've already talked about identifying a need or a want. It could be a product or a service. The next thing is to find out if people are willing to pay for it. Right. Right. Like, and so that's the thing that I think that's the part of the formula that people oftentimes overlook. Like, yo, I got a great idea or I'm really good at something or I can provide this product or I can provide this service. But are people willing to pay for it, right? Like that's the part that actually makes it a business. If people are not willing to pay for it, there's no interest in in this thing to the point where they're willing to put money up, it's probably not a business um, and it's probably not something that you should consider a business. But again, the question is, are people willing to pay for it and are they willing to pay enough for you to profit? Yeah, right? that's the third piece. That's the really important part. So again, I think about Shake Shack, right? Like, if someone came to me and said, I got an idea, it's called Shake Shack, and stopped right there <laughs> right, with no business plan, who I am as a person, I'm ready to pay, I'm ready to put some money up. For what I think it is, I'm ready oh to put gosh. some money up. I'm thinking to myself, bet, let's do this. Great brand. I like the name. Doesn't really matter. But like, I, I would be ready to put my money towards that service not recognizing that it's a product and I don't even eat red meat. So, um, but again, like you just think about, can you actually sell this thing and can you sell it to a point where you profit? And so that means if it costs you $5 to make the product, can you sell it for 10 so that you have a profit of $5? If it costs you $5 and people are only willing to pay four, um, you should probably keep it to yourself. Like, it's definitely not a business whatsoever. It sounds like more than anything, you're just doing charity. Yeah, yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, that last piece is the critical one. So again, number one, is there a need or a want? Number two, are they willing to pay? And number three, can you price it in a way where you can make a profit? And I think this is the part where I see a lot of entrepreneurs fail. Like I met a gentleman this summer who he's a six-figure guy, he's a corporate guy, and he decided he wanted to be a financial advisor and more power to you, God bless you. But he started going out to his family and friends and asking them if they'd pay for seminars and they paid. And so he's like, so there's a need because people need financial education, check. They're willing to pay because they're paying for the seminar, check. But when you add up the money, like he made you know an extra five grand that summer, but like 
if this is a business that needs to support you all year round and you made five grand off of three months, like, are you going to be able to live on 20 grand for the year? Right. And this is also where people, and I think this might happen to almost every entrepreneur, not every, but most. I know I did it. I don't know if you did it, Alan, but I know I did it and started my first business. This is when your prices are too low. You don't know where to price. You're not confident in yourself or your situation because you're new and you, you're you just desperate for a sale, mm-hmm. right? So you price it so low that you don't actually make any real money. Yeah. And so what oftentimes happens is that early businesses don't survive because you're not making enough money to sustain the business or yourself. Or over time you learn, like, I got to charge more and that people are willing to pay more. But the figuring out what the profit can be and then what it needs to be in order for you to be able to sustain the business and sustain yourself. Yeah, I think that's a that's just a critical, critical piece, you know, like. I often hear people who are new entrepreneurs say, well, I priced it really low because I wanted to get my name out there. I hate that. I hate that. I want to get my name out there. Name out there for what? But you got your name out there and your name is cheap. Like, (laughs) no, I'm saying I'm being very serious. So I have someone in my life who I know um, and she works in the beauty space. She does hair. She does makeup. She creates wigs. Um, She's really, really great at what she does. We fight constantly about Mm. her pricing. Her pricing is so low. And I've said to her, your pricing is so low that I would think if I did not know you, that you might rob me. Like that this is not legit. Like this is a scam. I don't want to pay. If it regularly costs someone $150 to get bridal makeup and you're like, it's only $45 over here. Like I'm not. I'm going to look like a clown. Yeah. I don't trust you. Right. And so like you said, people are often like, I'm going to, I'm going to lowball to get my name out there, but you are getting your name out there in the wrong demographics, Mm -hmm. right? You are getting your name out there in the wrong way as, you know, the person who offers a cheap service and cheap is never good. Inexpensive. That's one thing, but you, you are the cheap person. Mm -hmm. Like that's not necessarily what you want to do. And again, when you are starting your business, you want to get your name out there in the circles with the people who will spend the money not in the circles with the people who are going to haggle you. Because I'll tell you right now, when you start working in those lowbrow price points for whatever it is that you're offering, that's when people are going to be like, really, bro? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I just got off work. I got these kids in the back. Like, can you can you, can you hook me up a little bit more? Because like, you look like up. the hookup man. Like, hook you got hookup up prices. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm definitely going to haggle you for the mixtape if we're in the back of your trunk and you, you know what I mean? Like, you're throwing out crazy prices. Yeah. But I will walk into... Uh, a Best Buy, no one's buying CDs anymore. But you know what I mean? Like, you get the point. Like, when you go out there and you lowball yourself, you look like a low ball. Like, that's just <laughs> what the situation is. And it is very hard and damn near impossible to recover from that. I'm going to give you an MBA in finance in the next 30 seconds. In business, when you price your prices really low, it implies that you need high volume and you're going to have really low service, Right. When you price your products very high, it implies that you can have really high service and low volume. Like you can't have low prices and high service and expect that you're going to be profitable. So for instance, right, there are a lot of people out here who are going into the catering business. You guys are becoming chefs, you're doing meal prep, um, you're doing dinners. I, I really do respect this industry. I respect these people who are really stepping out in that space. But if you are a really great chef, right? And you maybe you're providing dinners or maybe you're providing meal prep. If you lowball, right? Like you're like, listen, I'll, I'll do your meal prep for $5. Those are McDonald's prices, right? Like you're thinking, you're, you're, you're expecting the, the smoothie machine to be broke. Like you're expecting <laughs> the food not really, to, sorry, the food to not be fresh. Like this really can't work out. Like I don't really expect this to work out. But when people think about, higher pricing. You think about a restaurant with really great service and really personalized experience. Like you want to make sure that you are pricing yourself in a position that describes the quality of who you are and the business that you are offering. Lowballing, again, just makes you look really cheap, low quality. And to Alan's point, you got to hustle to make as many transactions as possible. So it will never be possible for you to really offer a quality experience when it's really just about quantity with you. Yeah, you got to think about how much money do you want to make? 
and then divide it up by, okay, well, how many sales do I need to get to make that amount of money? How much time does it take me to either provide this product or provide the service? Absolutely. That's your MBA in finance in 30 seconds. So we talked about the top three. The next thing, this is number four on our list. Go get some customers. Seriously. Go get some clients. Between social media, your mama and them, like the church, bulletin, like it should be fairly easy for you to make people aware of the business that you have started and to be able to drum up some customers or some clients. That is the thing that you need to focus on. Not, again, not the name, not the, you know, my, my brand, like all those things, nobody really cares. Like just go out and get the customers or get the clients so you can start to make money so that you can start to transact and then you can grow the business into whatever it is that you want it to be. But I hate to say this to you guys again, it's just going to burst a lot of bubbles. If you do not have any customers or clients, if you have not transacted, you do not have a business. Hmm. That's it. Say that again. Like, I don't care how many of your friends are walking around with your logo on your shirt. I don't care how many business cards you're passing out. Mm. I don't, you know what's funny? I find people who have started businesses and I've used air quotes, have not transacted, have not sold a product or a service, but like, I'm a sponsor an event to get my name Lord, out there. Just spending, spending money. Right. You're sponsoring an event and nobody knows who you are and they don't know why you're there. And you have like, like what? Like, yeah. again, just between social media, again, church bulletin, your aunties, bae, your uh, college friends, whatever it is, you should be able to drum up a client or a customer. And in order to get a customer, you've got to be comfortable asking for the sale. Yeah. Can I have your business? Can I, can I count on you? So <laughs> not for support, but for a purchase. Yeah. Cause y'all like to throw out hints. Y'all like to throw out hints about this. So I started this little business uh, and uh, you know, we make cakes. Uh, we, we uh, cake, cater baby showers. You know what I mean? And just wanted to let you know. And then you walk away. Like, yeah. that's not how this works. <laughs> like Alan and I have sat in several sales courses. Yes. Um, and the number one takeaway, the number one thing that you can do all the other things wrong, but you actually have to ask for the sale. Like it's a complete waste of your time if you don't ask for the sale. And people get very shy. Like I ain't about to be out here begging. Like, no, you are about to be out. You're going to be begging the light bill people and the mortgage people if you don't figure out how to make the ask with these customers and clients. So you don't need to throw hints, right? You don't need to just throw out an arbitrary bulletin. Hey, I opened the business. Hey, I opened the business. And can I sell you something? Will you buy something? Will you become my client? Can I get you on my schedule? Do you like these products? Which one of these things do you want to buy? What about your mother? Do you got a cousin up the street? I've like, got a better question. Will this be cash or credit? Yeah, seriously. Will this be Visa or Amex? Do I need to drop it off? Or are you going to come pick it up? <laughs> like, these are the conversations that you need to be having, not these arbitrary, again, like, oh, you know, I started doing nails on the side. And you're looking directly at her hands, <laughs> knowing that they're trash. Like, just say, I think you should become one of my first customers or clients. Like, I, I, could, do, I could do wonders with those hands, girl. Or you're like, listen, you know, I've now branched out and now I'm doing hair full time. And this is going to be my own business. And you're staring at the top of her wig or, you know, her, her edges that are just kind of frayed in all the wrong places. Like staring doesn't close the deal. Like yeah. hinting and just alluding to what you're able to offer. If it was ever to sink into your head and you were to decide to maybe consider, no, just say, Hey, this is what it is. This is what I do. And are you buying can I get you on my schedule? Do you want to try my services? No, not you. Do you know anybody mm -hmm. who wants to try my services or who may want, you know, need something catered or whatever the case is, but you actually have to make the ask. Yeah. You have to ask people to give you their money. Yeah. In our gyms, we literally train people to ask for the sale two or three times. Yeah. And people, oh God, definitely in the gyms, like, they're like, no, I'm going to give them a tour. I'm going to tell them how great the facility is. I'm going to tell them how much weight I've lost. I'm going to talk about how great the smoothies are. Um, I'm going to you know, show them our pristine locker rooms. And then I'm going to let them walk out the damn door. Mm. Like, no. And then you say, can I get you signed up today? Yeah. Do you want to hand me your credit card? I will 
get you signed up while you try one of these smoothies. And it is very hard to convince people to actually ask for the sale. You spent 30 minutes with this person. (laughs) And the least you can do is ask for the sale, especially in instances where you receive commission. When you're an entrepreneur, that's your money. That's all your money. And you won't just ask for the sale. Yeah. (laughs) If you've done a good job of identifying the need and finding the right market, the people that have the need and have the money, the sale is kind of a no brainer. Of course they want to buy at that point, but you've got to have the confidence. You have to understand the market enough to know where you priced it and know who you're asking. And you've got to close that sale. And you notice that in our entire list, we haven't formed one LLC. We haven't had a name for our business. We haven't had a business plan. I don't have a commercial. Yeah. You know what I mean? We haven't sponsored one event. Right. There's no <laughs> logo. Like it's fine. Like these things do come in time as they're needed or as You have the ability to provide for them, but do not set them up as artificial roadblocks for you to be able to make money for yourself as an entrepreneur. And I think that's what this is about. Like, I know we're throwing a lot of shade and we're having a really fun time, but it's more about removing these artificial roadblocks that you've put in front of yourself that are preventing you from actually going out here, making money and transacting as a true business owner. So stick with us. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. So we are back. Yes. An LLC is not a business. An LLC is not a business. Yeah. Um, so for all of y'all who own LLCs that aren't <laughs> doing anything with them, you're not a business owner. You're, you're not an entrepreneur. Maybe you're, maybe you're an entrepreneur in the making. Yeah. Uh, maybe you're an entrepreneur. You have entrepreneurial thoughts. Yeah. Um, but you're not a business owner. And that's okay. And we're having this conversation with you to actually get you to be a business owner that ultimately is making money because that is the real goal, I hope, when it comes to becoming an entrepreneur, opening a business. I believe. I believe you can do it. Yeah, no, you can absolutely do it, but you have to do it with the truth and not, again, with these very uh, cute memes that are floating through social media and that everybody is taking for law because they are wrong. They just are wrong. Again, with the business credit you know, get an LLC and, mm. and establish business credit. There is no business credit. They are looking at your damn credit. They are looking at if you personally have paid your bills, therefore, do you qualify for these business expenses and these business loans? Like, it, it, I've never, I think Alan and I own at this point, first of all, let's just be honest. Like, how many LLCs do we have? Mm. A ton. Yes, a lot. It's probably double what we actually have in businesses. <laughs> <laughs> which is true. I'm just being serious. Like we, we are quick to open up an LLC. But we're quick. also quick to make some money. Yes. With them. Like they're some making money. Them. Some of them. Some of them are designed to just be, you know, <laughs> sorry. Some of them are designed to just represent our ownership interests so that yeah. our names aren't on them. Some of them, we made money real quick once, one time and never came back. To just, I mean, we're just being honest, right? Like that's happened a couple of times too. And I'm not mad at it. We still have these LLCs. Like we still are mindful of them, but we have more LLCs than we actually do have businesses. But we know that and we're aware of that. And we're not calling these other things businesses. Like we're not saying the businesses that we tell you that we own are open with customers and we are making money on a regular basis. Like all the LLCs that we have out there, we're not talking about those. They're, 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 they are nothing at this point. Yeah. Our businesses are the ones that make money. Like yeah. the one, like we have, thanks to the Lord, we have several businesses that gross over a million dollars. Yeah. Like several. And I'm really proud of that. I'm proud of you, Tiffany. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely proud of us also. All right. So we went through the real list of how to actually start a business. And now that you've got customers who are paying you money, now it's time to do the more traditional things. Yeah. Now it's time to register your business with the government, file a federal tax ID number. Yeah, because y'all so damn quick to pay taxes. Y'all want to pay y'all don't want to pay your own taxes, but don't <laughs> recognize that filing these other things too early are setting you up 
to have to pay taxes before you're actually making money or at least file taxes before you actually start making money. Like you need to worry about these things once money comes into play. And then, yes, you can start paying Uncle Sam. But going out and getting these uh, EIN numbers and things like that are now putting you on the books with the IRS. They are checking for you every year and you haven't done anything yet. When I was 19 years old, me and a bunch of friends got together and decided we wanted to throw a comedy show. We went out and started an LLC, Clockwork Enterprises. We did one comedy show. It was a flop. And for the next six years, I got mail from the government about this daggone LLC. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Start the business first and then get the LLC. Yeah. Or the S Corp or the C Corp or whatever it is. Also, don't pay a lot of money to get these things formed. Oh, my God. Yeah. So let's just be clear. So I was just saying how, you know, we own a ton of LLCs. And the reason why... It's because it's very easy to set them up. Like, it's never taken me more than five minutes myself, by myself, without a third party, to go online and set up an LLC. You do not always have to get a lawyer involved. You do not always have to go on LegalZoom or get a third party involved. It is very, very simple and a lot less expensive to oftentimes do these things by yourself, and they typically take less than 10 minutes. If you're creating an LLC, you follow articles of organization with the state whatever state you're living or wherever you want to have the business. Yeah, literally, to get a tax number, to get a tax ID number, you go to the federal government website. You can literally Google uh, T-E-I-N. And then all you have to do is put in your name, address, give some basic insight to the nature of the business, how many employees you have in your first year, and the answer should probably be zero. And that's it. Like, you, you, you automatically are now registered with a tax ID number. Then you go to your state site, you look up the name of the business and make sure that, or the name of the LLC to make sure no one else has it. And then you go ahead and register there. It'll probably cost you like the tax ID number is free. Um, the articles of organization and some of these other entity documents usually probably run you like $49. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. Yeah. Cheat code on creating a business entity, go to a .gov. Go to your state.gov. Go to the the IRS.gov. Don't go to a .com because there's a lot of companies that want to charge you a lot of money to create LLCs and C-Corps and S-Corps when in reality, you can do it yourself very inexpensively. Yeah. The next thing that needs to happen, which is my favorite thing, if this hasn't happened already, is open up a business bank account. So maybe you took a couple of those first transactions in your personal bank account, but now it is time to actually open a bank account in the name of the business. You will need a tax ID number for this. You will need to be registered with the state and registered with the government at this point. Again, you're not going to now get business credit. Even if you end up (laughs) applying for a business credit card, they're going to run your personal credit. Like that is going to happen. But you want to get a bank account in the business's name so that things are happening in a more transparent and seamless way when it comes to the money that's coming into the business. Also now with digital, you know, you want to make sure when someone transacts with you, especially if it's like a credit card transaction, when they look at their statement, they don't see Lakeisha Johnson. Like they actually see the name of the business. And so for that, you will need a business bank account. Yeah. Don't be using Cash App and PayPal for the rest of your life. Yeah. Get a business bank account, set up an account on Stripe. You can take credit cards. You can use your cell phone. But that business bank account is critical, especially when it's tax time, because all of your transactions, all of your expenses will be recorded and it's a lot easier to file your income taxes at that time. The next thing you got to do, and this is for people who have a physical place of business. So if you have an office or if you have a store, you've got to buy some insurance. You've got to protect that business. Yeah, this is kind of like the big boy line item, the thing that people don't really want to think about. But you're like, listen, I'm going to just be extra safe. Like, it's all going to work out. Like, no, it doesn't actually work out like that. Like, if you really are becoming a brick and mortar business owner, you are required a variety of insurances. Like, you need insurance on the space, like property and casualty insurance. But you also just need insurance. There's um, unemployment insurance. There's a number Mm -hmm. of different insurances that you now have to have. And yes, you just have to pay for them outright. Like, sometimes you can pay for them through your payroll service, if you are that fancy, Mm -hmm. um, and now you have a payroll service. And I will tell you, once you really are making money, even if you are the only employee, it is best to set up a payroll service. I will say that. Now, again, if you're making $100 a month, just go ahead and pay yourself. (laughs) 
right? You just don't take need it out to take register. it out. Yeah, just <laughs> it's fine. Like no one's checking for it. But again, if you're making significant dollars, you know, for the sake of your taxes, being able to pay taxes and just making life a lot easier. Also, just being able to have a W-2, you will want to set up a payroll service. But again, you do not want to do that on day one. And if you need insurance, check out Momentum-Risk.com, one of our businesses. Yeah, absolutely. Again, as you mentioned, yeah, one of our businesses. And for sure, we work with a lot of businesses and not only getting you the insurance that you need, but making you aware of other insurances that may be necessary along the way so that you can prepare for them. Absolutely. And then the final thing of starting an actual real live business, you got to file your taxes. You got to file your taxes. If you've created an LLC, your state and the federal government expect to hear from you every single year. They are looking for you. If you want to keep that LLC alive or that S Corp alive, you've got to file taxes. Even if you've got all zeros, you've got to file. Yeah. And I will tell you, so to to that point about filing all zeros, like, yeah, even if you haven't made any money, you do have to file all zeros. And if you do not file all zeros, you will be fined thousands of dollars. It's this crazy. has happened to us. It's crazy. We have been fined $1,250 for businesses that we've and LLCs that mm-hmm. we've had, but we haven't transacted in. And because we did not file taxes with all zeros, we now have a tax bill of $1,250. And then they'll hit you with a penalty and interest on this fine, the $1,250 right. fine, all because you didn't tell them you had all zeros. All beca- yeah, all because you ain't tell them you ain't make no money. You just opened an LLC. Now, I will have the honest conversation. I feel you. I don't know about Alan, but I'll speak for myself. That first year as a business owner, when you're making real money, like you feel like this is all my money. Yeah, like I'm not, not, I'm not about to pay nobody. I'm not about to pay taxes yet. I ain't doing it like that. <laughs> like year, year two, you know, I'll start paying taxes. But right now, I'm just getting established. I'm just getting my feet wet. Like this is my money. It ain't, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm just trying to pick myself up off the ground. That was me. Like, listen, I just started figuring this out. Yes, it was six figures, but it was my six. I did this by myself. I don't know nothing about nobody's taxes. Um, you know, eventually, years later, I had to go back and file back taxes mm, for it, all the money I've ever made. And I will tell you, it's brutal. It wasn't it, cheap. It wasn't cheap. <laughs> it wasn't cheap by any means. So for all you people who are rushing out here to get these LLCs and start these businesses, the reason why we are having this conversation, we want you to do this. We want you to do it in the proper order and to be timely so that you're not setting yourself up for a premature tax liability, and you haven't made any money yet. Because when you really do run a business, when you really are making money, you genuinely have to pay taxes. You don't want those problems with the IRS in your personal life or in your professional life. You also don't want to mess around with the Department of Labor. Yeah, no. Bad people. If you get mail from the Department of Labor, pay attention to it. If you get mail from the IRS, pay attention If it's the state, respond. Like I've also seen entrepreneurs get tripped up by just ignoring these letters. And I will tell you, when you're running an actual business, you feel like the government should be giving you a reward. They should be giving you a gold medal, a prize for all the work that you're going through. But instead, they're going to give you little ticky-tack letters and fines and penalties. You've got to pay attention to them. Yeah. So we hope you've learned a lot today about starting a business, about these random wrong facts about LLCs and business credit and things of that nature. And we hope that if this is the path that you were going down, maybe you learn some new things and you'll make some different decisions to do things appropriately and not set yourself up for failure. That's it. it. That's why we're here. So we'll be back next week. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. Momentum. Momentum.